listen up and watch if you're able to a podcast called the reach around table sounds like a sex move but i swear it's not i wrote it down never heard it out loud we got brian reacher and his friend chris reacher it's a reach around table reacher 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 reach around table Hello, Reacher heads and fellow Reacheroonies. Uh, welcome to the Reacher Roundtable non-sexual uh, podcast about the television show Reacher. <clears throat> we are on episode numero two. Uh, the first episode, which was an intro episode, is actually episode zero. should get very confusing for people down the line. Uh, but I'm joined, as always, by my brother uh, from the same mother, Brian Reacher. Hi, Brian. From the uh, yes, we are actually related, right? We're actually we- brothers, and a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people say, "Oh, that's kind of fun. You're doing a little thing where it's like you're saying your name's Chris Reacher, and you're saying his name's Brian Reacher." Um, but the truth of it is, we use fake names in our everyday life because. Well, I'll be honest with you. I did not want to be accused of nepotism when I got into this industry. And I knew Brian with Street Fight and everything was already swinging a pretty big dick around the Internet. And I didn't want people to say, oh, the only reason that you were able to start your show that has marginal success after a number of years of working at it is because you are brothers to Brian Reacher. So I hope that's we, OK. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's OK. I mean, why would you be honest about uh, uh, the fact that your um, your parents have a blue. What is that new meme thing? Yeah, the the, the, the blue the blue thing on Wikipedia. Link. Yeah, the blue blue hyperlink on. Yeah, that's right. It, and and of course our parents would because our parents are Jack Reacher and what whoever our mom is. We don't know who our mom is because our mom left um before we were born actually. And so Jack Reacher had to actually give birth to us himself and raise us on his own as a single father. But yes, if I if I were to be honest with that, you'd look on my Wikipedia which, by the way, doesn't exist, and you would see that I am a son of Jack Reacher, who, by the way, prefers to be called just Reacher. For sure. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think I'm going to make my parents a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Like, just to help them out a little bit, you That's... know? Like, give them a little taste of fame or whatever. Yeah. And, um, then, and, and then when people click to me, they'll be like, fucking... This guy's dad was a computer programmer. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that yeah. would be actually awesome because then if you could get them the blue hyperlink and then people were like, oh, lo- oh look, wh- lo and behold, Brian's got his famous uh, parents. And then you click on their names and it's like they're famous for being the parents of Brian Reacher, um, <laughs> which, by the way, he- yeah, he'd probably be using a different name. Anyways, uh, episode number two of Reacher, uh, you, we just mentioned, I just watched it. We were talking before the podcast started. I just watched it. And then you did as well. Yes. Yes, I did. I just watched it on the, uh, elliptical before I got started. I had a really rough workout today. I was not very Reacher like mm-hmm. in my workout today. I, I felt like I was dying. Uh, you felt like you were now that's interesting. If you feel like you were dying, you were feeling less like Reacher and more like somebody who crossed Reacher. Yes, I was. I was feeling more like somebody who crossed Reacher or crossed, I mean, as we learned in this, mm-hmm. uh, what seems to be the mayor that crossed the mayor. But I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know? that's yes. that's a little bit of a a spoiler for later on as we're discussing it. I mean, it's not a spoiler because you guys hopefully have all watched the episode. Um, but yes, there is a little bit of an indication that the mayor, this this mayor who is a descendant of probably slave owners and as i've mentioned before looks like one of the most racist characters i've ever seen in a show doesn't say anything explicitly racist but looks like one of the most racist people ever this guy who's the mayor and who has made himself uh the sheriff of of the town he's actually kind of bad perhaps that's what we're learning in this episode okay so should we dive into the episode Uh, should we get into it i'm fucking ready man uh, I'm ready to reach her into this episode and see what comes out. That's right. And That's I'm wondering good. if in episode number six, I hope in episode number six and seven of this podcast and even eight and even the conclusion, I hope we're still doing that very regularly, like using the word reacher. I just wonder how long we'll keep it up for. <laughs> I hope it's a long time because it's my favorite thing to do. Um, okay. It's a grab bag. We're reaching into this grab bag to, to you know, see what's up here reaching, with this, this episode. Reaching into the grab bag, indeed. Um, so this episode starts off with they're outside of the police station and Reacher's walking away from the car. And that's when he starts walking away in that really sort of like, I'm, I've got something to do here. I'm, I'm walking over. He's sort of like, I'm walking over here. You know what I mean? Sort of like Dustin Hoffman in that movie. Um, you gotta be worried. You know, he's got that mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to fuck up anything in my, in my way. So Finlay, uh, you know, the detective, he says, listen, Roscoe, you got to go watch Reacher. You got to keep an eye on him. Right. And I'll be honest with you. She doesn't do the best job because, as Reacher mentioned, she dri- he's walking around. And yet she's yeah. driving in her car and following him in a car. She's so into him, Chris. I know. And I think that is the thing. Like, I, I think she wanted to get caught because she's so into She's so into Reacher. Yeah. And like he's into her too. He, he is, was he, glad that he, he plays Finley it kind of cool. wasn't following him. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, yes. Because he would have liked Finley to he wouldn't have liked it if Finley followed him. No. But he's like, yeah, man, you know. But if if I'm her and and uh this episode is the first episode where they sort of show that she is a, a capable hero in this TV show. Uh uh I would have put on different clothes and maybe followed him on foot. Yes. I, maybe I, a hat. I would have put a hat on or something, um, not followed in behind in my squad car, in my marked police vehicle with the headlights on following him around. And, of course, Reacher. This is Reacher we're talking about. So he <laughs> fucking turns the tables on her in about one second where she comes around a corner and then, boom, there he is right in front of her face. And she says, oh, I could have run you over. And he said, I don't need a babysitter. And he doesn't. Let's be clear. No. I mean, like, maybe he needs a babysitter to make sure he doesn't hurt anybody or kill anyone but like hmm. in general he's he can feed himself he can do all of the things he can change himself he doesn't need somebody looking out for him in that way um so he's definitely right when when did you he, stop getting uh, having a babysitter do you remember never had one and i and i'm gonna explain what well okay. i mean i had Old, one older older siblings older siblings yes yes i i come from a family with uh five kids okay and i am 
dead in the middle of them, too older, too younger. Okay. Uh, so I never really had a babysitter. And when I did, it was my brother and sister who did not care. Did not at all. care. And and so what was their vibes of babysitting? Was it genuinely not looking out for you at all, doing their own thing? Like, were you totally left to your own devices? Yes, they had their friends over, and they would like you know spend time doing drugs and like smoking and stuff like that. They would that, be doing drugs, kind of. Yes. What age? Yes. What age are we talking? Uh, you know, we start early in the Quinby family or the Reacher family. Uh, and I know I started, this. I know this, of course. <laughs> I started smoking at twelve mm-hmm. uh, and huffing gas and stuff like that. Right around the age of twelve, I did LSD. And stuff like that. So 12 is about when we start. And my brother was probably, you know, 11 or 12 when he started. So we, we kind of started early and uh, uh, did some drugs. Do you want to know when? And I... uh, they didn't really pay attention. But they also didn't. Here's the fucking thing about me. They don't have to worry about me going out and hurting somebody. That's true. You're not violent in the way that Reacher is. So you were going to no. possibly hurt yourself or possibly like do something irresponsible in that way, but you weren't going to harm others in the way that Reacher would. It's interesting. I I wasn't I came from a, you know, middle-class family and in a nice place in Canada and everything. But uh, you know when I smoked, when I started smoking, I mean I didn't really start smoking, but I stole a pack of my dad's cigarettes and smoked some of them. I was fucking nine years old. Yeah. Nine years old. And I remember distinctly smoking a cigarette under my bed. And my parents were divorced. So I stole them from my dad's place. And I was back at my mom's house. And I remember smoking a cigarette underneath my bed. And I remember my stepdad coming into the bedroom and saying, like, like knowing something was off, but not realizing that I was smoking a cigarette in there. And in hindsight, I was like, how did he not realize I was smoking a cigarette? And I think it's like when those when those people would see the ships and they had never seen anything like that before. So they couldn't even recognize it as a ship. They didn't even see it, you know, because I think that he just couldn't even believe that a nine year old would be smoking a cigarette. And so he's like, I must be it must be coming from outside. Or it must be like, you know, his brain said this couldn't possibly uh, be me. But I, I think the first time I did any drugs or like smoking weed or drinking and stuff was around 12 or 13 uh, also. Well, I'll say this as a parent to a uh, uh, 17 year old, uh, almost 18 in October. Uh, there are things that, you know, something's going on and you're just like, oh, I don't. I don't think I want to deal with that. And you just like go about your day. <laughs> but I do think that a nine-year-old smoking is something you would want to get on top of if you thought was the case. Well, the uh, thing about it is that you, you you see them doing it and you're like, how do I mean, what am I going to do here? Like, really? Yeah. To stop them from smoke. Like, because that, that's what it was always with me. Like, you know, I'd have my my daughter and my niece upstairs when, when you know, they're nine or whatever. And, and I know they're they're getting up to something yeah. up there. But I'm like, well, if I don't know what, doesn't what they're getting know, up to, then it doesn't really matter. What doesn't know it can't hurt us. And they always do say that. OK, OK, <laughs> let's let's get back into because we're off. We went on a tangent again and we're meant to be doing short podcast episodes. But we the problem is Brian and I like to speak to each other. And so we yes. end up talking for a long time. Um, OK, and so anyway, I'll, let me say this, Chris. We're supposed to be related here. Are we all related here? So you should have known that story anyway. And, I mean, I you know, did know say that. I just wanted to see how you remembered it and see 
see if you remembered it the same. And I, of course, was your <laughs> younger brother. I actually don't know how old you are, so I do not know if we're if we're older. Like, I don't know if I'm older or younger than you. You're the you are the re, you're the reacher in this situation, and I'm the older reacher. Okay, I so believe. you're older. So I'm Joe. You're Joe. I'm probably Joe, and you're Jack. I love that. I mean, Joe's like super smart and cool, but like obviously Jack is a fucking, he's the man. He's the real reason. Well, Jack's not dead. Like True. Joe ended up getting himself killed, Got himself which is killed. not very Reacher, no, uh, in my opinion, not very, not very cool, in my opinion, to get yourself killed. No. Um, so uncool. He, uh, Reacher eventually, he basically, he says, "Hey, listen, I don't need you fucking following me around, Roscoe." And Roscoe says, "Listen, this is my job, okay? I'm just doing my job, you know." And so he, she says, "You can freaking get in the car with me, or you can freaking, you can go off and." you know, go off on your own. And Reacher says like this, he kind of like looks for a second, you know, and he like thinks about it. And then he like decides like, oh, it is kind of tiring walking around. And you would know that, Brian, you walk everywhere. It can get really tiring walking everywhere. So I think he just decided, yeah, I could actually use a ride right now. Um, And so he gets in the car and they go over to the witness Paul's place. Uh, Not, I mean, the guy who's at the center of this, who uh, initially said, hey, I did this and was in prison with Reacher. Reacher knows, hey, this is a guy we need to talk to. Goes there. He's not home, but somebody else is, Brian. Who is home? Can you want to tell everybody? Uh, his wife but, is home. And this is why I'm so excited to tell you guys about this, because not only is his wife home, but his wife is an actor who is a Canadian actor who was actually a member of the Nexium cult. Are you familiar with the Nexium cult? Have you heard of that I'm before? I'm not. It's, is it Allison Mack? Allison Mack is, it's not her. She is at the center of okay. it. So you do know what the Nexium cult is because it is the Allison Mack thing. Um, and so this, this Catherine uh, something, I forget what her last name is. It starts with a K as well. Um, and I, I, the name I want to say is... Will Menneker's partner. I know that that's not the name. And so, yeah. so uh, uh, she got out of it when she realized she's not one of the ones who got in trouble. She realized it was a cult and she left and she was like a whistleblower. Um, but she was one of the, the members of this cult. And, and I will say this because this is sort of a paywall podcast, I will tell you something mm-hmm. about my personal life. And that is that I grew up with and was very, very close to another member of the cult by the name of Nikki Klein, who is a very high profile still member of the cult and one of the inner circle members of Keith Ranieri's inner circle who like went over to like protest him being put in prison and had all sorts of, she was a close family friend of ours, grew up with her and she became a cult person. She tried to get my mom and I said it like an American for the American listeners my mom, she tried to get her to join the Nexium cult. Why didn't she join? <laughs> because, I'm just curious. Because my mom's not a fucking idiot. And so my mom has, you know, does isn't doesn't have something that she's missing from her life that she thinks some cult leader can fill. So my mom was just like, you know what, I have no interest in this. But that's a little aside. Can I, um, can I give you an aside real quick, Chris? Please do. I'm currently, I don't know why I'm into this, and I'm going to apologize to the listeners who are going to get mad about this, but for some reason lately, instead of watching wrestling on the old uh, 
streaming yeah. now. Uh, I watch CrossFit games. So that's kind of a cult, too. Wait. I like watching people do CrossFit now. Now, you are just becoming a fucking gym guy. Like, you are like, <laughs> your life is becoming a physical activity now. You are just like leaning into it super hard. I can't say that I that I hate it. I mean, I'm not mad at you about it. I understand <laughs> you're trying to be that workout guy, that that fitness guy, and so you're immersing yourself in it. I mean, that sort of does make sense. What is the allure? Is it the fact that you're watching other people get fit? Like what is it that you enjoy about it? Uh, well, first of all, I think Reacher probably does CrossFit is a guess that I have. I get 100%. I'm, it's no, a Reacher. He does thing. he does CrossFit. You is CrossFit actually good? Uh I mean, it seems when I watch it, it feels to me like it's probably good for you, if not just a little bit too much fitness. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, you know, the thing with me is like a younger guy. I used to like to um, I used to like to challenge myself with drugs and and stuff like that and like get to the point. I used to always say, like, I want to I want to get to the point where I'm like one second away from dying yeah it's like where i'm at you know with drugs yeah and then i got away from that and now i watch these people which i do i plan to try crossfit someday when i'm a little bit more fitness fit Mm -hmm. you know yeah and like uh it looks like a challenge. It looks very hard. That's why I think Reacher would excel at the CrossFit. I mean, game. he would excel at it, no doubt. But I just wonder if he doesn't have his own completely unique workout regimen that nobody else can really even do, and that doesn't even True. necessarily even fall into any sort of category. And it's basically called the Reacher workout, and only he can do it. Um, but what about yeah. the guy that plays? I mean, I'm curious about the guy that plays Reacher. Yeah. Like what his workout was. Well, I would imagine you know? it involved a lot of uh, anabolic steroids. <laughs> <laughs> would be, I think, one of the first. That's, not, things. that's cool. And though. and I should say that that's. I'm just joking because we are, of course, hoping to get some <laughs> actual people from Reacher onto the podcast. We probably shouldn't say things like that. Um, but it does make me laugh always when it makes me think of like the Kamel thing where he's like, "Hey." Listen, I got this body and I had to, I you know the reason is because I, I had these, the, the best workout plans and I had all these professionals and all that. So it's not, I, you can't just do it as a normal person. And I understand like he was being so honest about it, but it's like, no, but you also took steroids, man. You yeah. also took steroids for the role. I mean, I really think you did. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to like, um, make accusations cause I think it would actually be considered against the law if I started saying he took steroids when he didn't. Um, but it, it, it seems to me like a lot of these people, when they're getting ready for a role, they use the thing that is tried and true and <laughs> works very regularly. Um, and in a very quick period of time and that is steroids. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, Reacher is talking to the wife of Paul. Let's get back to that. Uh, Reacher and Roscoe are in there talking. Uh, they meet the daughter, um, the daughters rather, and uh, they say this is Jack Reacher, and he says it's just Reacher because he doesn't want to get mixed up with the Tom Cruise version of it, and he knows that's a small version of it, and he's pissed when people say that. Um, but then, <laughs> but then he goes and he and he says something, and you tell me, Brian, if fucking Reacher is in your home and Reacher says, "Hey, could I please use the washroom?" 
What do you do at I, that point? Because you can't just let him go and use the washroom. He's going to go and look around your home. That is a hundred percent. Let me help you, because now now that I'm I'm turning into a fitness guy. Okay. Uh, um, Reacher, you don't see him eat a lot. He does eat. Yeah. But he loves. He has to be having a lot of protein. Yeah. Right. I see a guy built like that. I'm like, this motherfucker is. You know, he's going off on the protein. Totally. Um, and like it, that causes some some interesting uh dumps, you know? So if Reacher says, Can I go to the bathroom yeah. while he's at my house mm -hmm. and he's gone for more than pee amount of time. You're thinking shit. I'd probably Yeah. Yeah, I probably think he's taking a shit that is, like, having a real hard time coming out, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, now, if I'm Reacher, which I don't blame him, because he probably also, you know, he, he, he knows what's going on. If I'm Reacher, I'm up there flushing the toilet over and over again. Yeah, like, you know making what I mean? it seem like, oh, I got one that's really plugging the thing up, and... And it does, and that's actually really smart, and you're right about that. I just think that I would not even let him go on his own. I would not let him walk around my home. You know what I mean? I would say, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, let me show you a cool thing, like, in the washroom. I'd make up some reason why, like, oh, I got to show you something in the washroom that's, like, on the tap or something like that. And then I would go with him, and I would stand outside of the washroom to make sure he was only in the washroom. Um, but but anyway. I, I would have to say, though, and, and this is strictly coming from, like, Reacher's world, right? I'm yeah. not – this is not – has nothing to do with the real world or whatever mm -hmm. um preacher showed up with the cops you know true and they're asking questions about the husband and stuff like that so it's like i probably wouldn't even think that he was up the i again i would just be like this guy's taking a huge this shit. guy's taking a massive He's taking one of those big there. muscle man shits that just goes on <laughs> forever and never ends yeah and now that i think of it she if she doesn't have anything to hide and by the way i know everything nope. so i'm not going to you know i know everything that happens in the whole series so i would know if she did or not but i'll say if she had nothing to hide then obviously there's no reason to not let Reacher walk around then because you think he's trying to help you to find mm -hmm. the people. And he's already helped your husband not get killed in prison, which he's really thankful for. So that does make sense. Anyways, he does go snoop around when he walks around to the bathroom and he and he finds a pair of shoes. And on that pair of shoes, he finds a little thing, um, a little seed or like a little, I don't even know, like a little, they, they call it something, right? A hitchhiker. Um, ridiculous, by the way, this was the part of the show where I was like, now this is some Reacher shit. Oh, and, and there's, this is where I got amped. And there's some more Reacher shit that happens right after as well. So, yeah, he finds that little thing on there and he realizes, oh, this guy's probably been out in the area where my brother Joe was killed because that's they have these things as well. But the thing about the glasses, did you pick up on the thing about the glasses? Because I did, I, I kind of yes. It was so I, I confusing and convoluted. He was basically saying that 
the way she referred to her daughter, she said the one with the glasses, that was the thing that differentiated the two. And so therefore, when somebody was in prison and pointed to him and said that one, he must have meant the one with the glasses, but his glasses had been smashed. So they must have been going after Paul. It really seemed like it was it was some classic reaching, we'll call it, where he's really yeah. reaching for a fucking point and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um but yes. I mean regardless, he he hey, he gets the job done in in the end. Um so they go to the crime scene next. Um, he does some fucking science shit. You know, the, he starts saying the moon was over here 25 meters at this time. He knows all that shit. Like, I don't know how. This guy is so fucking smart. But but he says, oh, the guy would have been hiding right here and he would have enjoyed it. He, he, he could have shot him from further away, but he was in, he was a real psycho. It was it was personal. But then he says something um, that I really loved. And it might be the line of the episode for me. This might be my favorite line. I'm not going to say for sure. But when she says it must have been personal and he says it's always personal when you take someone's life. That's true, but that's a that you know what? That's what a mature killer says. No, no, but it's also what an absolute dickhead says because you know what she means. There's a difference between it's not always personal. Sometimes you kill somebody and you don't know them and you're a hitman and you're and you're and you're killing. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes you kill the wrong person. Sometimes it's a fit of rage based on some interaction hmm. and it's not personal. So he's really being an asshole to Roscoe when she's saying it must be personal. She's right about that and he's saying it's always like what what does that do mm -mm. reacher i disagree i disagree with you and that like when you say it's always it is always personal at the very very least it is always personal for the guy that gets killed that yes, is where yes, I'm but, at. Here. But that's not the point she's making, Brian. She's very <laughs> clearly talking about it being personal based on the killer. So so he is splitting hairs and 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 getting bogged down in the semantics of it. And he does that a lot. <laughs> I love the guy, but he does that a lot. Uh, he decides at that point that he's going to walk um back to the to the hotel that's a key thing i mentioned it in the first episode i think episode zero that that a big part of reacher in the book is he doesn't have a car he doesn't have a phone he doesn't have anything at all he walks everywhere um so they threw kind of parts cool. of that in but i don't think it made sense like there's some things he couldn't walk everywhere you know um it but could. i could i mean if i can walk but just miles. for the plot line, for the plot line, I think certain True. things he had to get from place to place too quickly and it just wouldn't make sense for him to be walking everywhere. Um, but no, I agree with your point. He could, he could have technically small town. So never, nothing's going to be that far apart. He would have been able to walk to places for sure. Um, and this, uh, at this point though, he gets back to the hotel where he's confronted by four guys sent, uh, presumably by Kleiner Jr. Uh, over to, to kick his ass. And then, and we see this scene. Let's watch it now. A great, great scene. Hey, mister, why don't you come here? We want to talk to you. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, that is, I mean, think about how cool that is. Someone says, we want to talk to you, and you say, no, you don't. <laughs> this is this is my, I hate to do this, but I think this is my favorite 
uh, uh, scene so far mm-hmm. in in Reacher because, I mean, he didn't ever get a hotel room either. I found that interesting is that, like, they told him to go get a hotel room. Yeah. And then he went to a motel and they were like, Oh, we'll just wait at this motel. I guess there could only be one motel. Yeah, I think there's probably one motel. Town. Yeah, there's only one in but the city. But he's a hobo. Chris, he's a hobo. He could be sleeping anywhere. I'm glad, you know? that, you, I'm glad that you called him a hobo and not a vagrant. That is how I... I mean, he identifies as a hobo. I agree with him. I would probably rather be a hobo than a vagrant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't believe in vagrancy or whatever i think it's horrible but if somebody was like hey man uh you're a vagrant i would probably also say no i'm a hobo there's a a huge difference yeah yeah i want to be i want to be homeless right that's Mm -hmm. what a hobo is yes so why does reacher even need a hotel secondly i mean couldn't he like and i'm just gonna say this he could have stayed at Roscoe's house. She, She's already so into him. But they don't you know? know for, I mean, we get into it later on in the episode, but he, he they don't know for sure. They're still, they're still apprehensive. She doesn't know if this guy's dangerous. She doesn't even know for sure if she can trust him at this point. Um, she he finds has kind out, eyes. She, well, that's true. But And she does find out later on in this episode, she decides, I can definitely trust him. But for now, I think it makes somewhat sense that he's staying in the motel. Um, but I'll tell you who's a, who who's not too happy with him staying in this motel is these four hooligans who are about to kick his damn ass. Hey, come here. We just want to talk to you. Heard you got arrested for murder. What kind of bullshit you bring into our town? Roscoe's watching. Good point. He did bring a lot of bullshit. There's two Sixers worth of empties around your car. You've been waiting a while. And since this isn't the most exciting spot in town, I gotta assume you've been waiting for me. Let me guess. It's really weird that he even had to say that because it's like, well, yeah, they were waiting for you. As soon as you walked up, they confronted you. <laughs> I mean, it was... I mean, I didn't. you didn't need to use your reacher logic for that one, really. No. Rich guy in a fancy pickup put a 50 in each of your pockets to take care of me. 100. All right. Well, this is the wrong day to ask me to humor your bullshit. Hey. Threw a can at him. I'm talking to you, man. That was soup. No. Now he turns. <laughs> oh, Graham, you idiot. You're about to get your ass kicked. Nope. No. I'm just Never. gonna break the hands of three drunk kids. <laughs> There's four of us here. One of you's got to drive to the hospital. Right there. That's it. I don't That's know where the hospital me. is. I have to save that for later, though. I know where the hospital is. The last guy says, by the way, the last guy just says, hey, listen. And I was trying to I backed it up a couple of times to see. I think he takes the one guy's fist and and punches the other guy in the face. with it. That's my shit right there. Which that's going to be that's a, a big MVP thing for me in this episode. I agree that that was the, really one of the best scenes. And. I I have it down. We might have we might I mean it's hard to watch this episode and not have that be your favorite scene. Um oh, yeah. but having said that, 
Yes. The next scene that pops up out of nowhere is another one that could be the top scene, and it is Jack oh. Reacher versus the dog owner. Let's just watch it. So this is I the next this. scene, by the way. He It cuts from him basically beating these guys up in the hotel to it's the next morning now, and this just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's walking by this guy's fence, and he sees a dog there with no water. The dog desperately looking for some water. Reacher jumps over. Oh, buddy. Unhealthy okay. dog. Yeah. So Reacher's filling up the water for him. Good boy. Hi. Hi. Can I help you? Nope. Just giving your dog some water. I must have knocked the bowl over because I gave him water this morning. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> Always bone dry. You calling me a liar? Never say that to read. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no! that, that is that is so badass. You just so so rarely do you have that interaction where someone says, Are you calling me a liar? And the person responds, Yes. It is just it's it, just, it's a breath of fresh air. Chris, I gotta tell you that like the guy that lives in this house, I think, mm-hmm. built like me, basically, like shit, yeah. looks at Reacher. And does the, are you calling me a liar? He might be the bravest guy we've had in this show yet. I mean, it is kind of bizarre the way people talk to Reacher because, yeah, if this guy walked up to you, you'd think that you would just, you would think that everyone, those four guys even, like, wouldn't you think if you were those four little pencil neck guys, like, hey, we might not be able to beat this guy up, all four of us. Like, did does that not cross your mind? It doesn't seem to cross people's mind. And, yeah, like you said, this guy is just, like, a schlubby old dude, and he's basically, yeah. he's calling out Reacher saying, are you calling me a liar? Yeah, what are you going to do on the other end of that guy that walked in? I mean, you, you and I'm if I'm being, if I'm being honest here, I mean, some guy is, is, Giving your dog water, yeah, that's one less chore you have to do. Yeah, he's actually just kind day. of being helpful too. He's not even confronting you about it. You yeah, know? no, he's, he wasn't he, gonna knock on the door. No. <laughs> he was just being helpful. Okay, let's watch a bit more. Let's see what but, what happens. Oh, but sorry. let me say this: growing up, my parents hated it when we turned the hose on outside because you can hear it throughout the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the situation. The guy heard him turn the hose on. He's like, who? is playing with the hose yeah you know, they don't like that <laughs> yeah. i suggest you leave my property good boy pets the dog again stares Smart. the guy down he loves that guy's dog oh yeah oh hang on i think this is a different scene yeah, it is. Yeah, it moved on. Like, yeah, so we won't watch this because this isn't another episode, I believe. They've just put both scenes together. Um, so what happens next in the episode is basically there's another murder, and this one's really, really gnarly, and it's the police chief, and he's been killed in a really gruesome way. Reacher shows up with Roscoe, and Finley says, hey, what's he doing here? She says, hey, you told me to freaking look out for the guy. What the hell am I supposed to do? You know, I got to come to the crime scene. So Reacher asks, was he nailed to the wall? And they say, what the f-? Which is, this is a big thing. You could, a big line that other people have in this show is, How'd you know that? Yeah. How did you know that? 
they're always like, how did Reacher know that? Because in all seriousness, as we mentioned, a lot of the stuff that he talks about, it sort of defies logic, like real genuine logic that a human being's brain would have. So you're like, wait, how would you know that? And he's like, well, because um, they said anybody who got killed, we if they killed, it was it was because Paul, right? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Paul said that, hey, if I do anything wrong, they're going to nail me to the wall. And so Reacher yes. realized, hey, this is this must be what happened this time. And this one, is the most reasonable one, though. You're right. You know? Yeah, because he did hear it. He did hear the person say that. So it does have it does. It is a little bit reasonable. One thing that really struck me about um, the police chief up against the being nailed up against the wall was he had he had a big, thick cock on him. Did you notice that? Um, no, he had I, a, I you, you can see it. You have to. It's it's sort of bloody because he's been all gnarled up and his and his balls have been cut off. Um, but his shaft is still there. It's fully limp, obviously. The guy's dead. And it is really impressive. Super thick. Lots of girth to it. And a really impressive cock. And I wonder if the actor, if that's his real cock, or if they put a prosthetic on there, or how that would have worked. But it, if it was, I would like to look up the actor and just say kudos to him for having a big, thick, you know, meaty cock on him. But you didn't notice that. Um... No, I, I actually didn't notice it, but I do have to say that, like, a cock with no balls is always going to look bigger than one. Of course. Of course. And, and no, also, I, I understand that, but I'm telling they you, I make I've, it look bad. I'm telling you, it was a big, thick cock. It wasn't even just a length. It was it was so thick. It was and and you got you, people who are listening know that I'm right about this one. And and I paused it and I looked at it for quite a while to get a good idea of what I was dealing with. And it was one not of in the a sexual way at all. Like not that. in the sexual. No, like no, 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 no. Investigation. No. In fact, matter. Uh, in an investigation details matter details yeah, matter and so i wanted to see the detail on the cock and all i'm saying is it was genuinely the thickest cock i've ever seen not in my life i've seen some massive ones in pornography and whatnot but on a on somebody in a tv show or a movie it was the thickest one that i've ever seen so kudos to that person um but at that point yeah, reacher I, I do have to say i think it's probably and, and this is just a guess it's a pair of underwear that the guy's wearing, like skin-colored underwear with a cock with no balls on it, just kind of hanging there. Is it what looks, I think it is. It looks pretty real, Brian. I've seen a lot of these things in my life, and it really does look real. If I'm being, I mean, I'm gonna have to touch it to know. Go back and problem. look. Go back and look and just see it, and I'm pretty sure you'll 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 see that it is clearly a real and, and to quote Seinfeld, it's real and it's spectacular. <laughs> I, um, I'd okay. have to touch it to believe it. So, okay. I mean, we'll That's see. We'll, I mean, we, me. obviously we can't do that. So, um, But Reacher realizes at this point that, hey, Teal, this mayor, has, has, as you, you mentioned earlier on, this mayor, Teal, the really racist-looking guy, he has made himself the police chief or the sheriff or whatever. And this is when they sort of go over all the people and they realize, hey, I can't trust anyone. This police officer you can't trust. This police officer you can't trust. The only people we can trust are Roscoe and Finley. And that was where it was sort of declared and they sort of realized, hey, we can't trust anybody else. Trust nobody, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how 
that's he could trust us if we were there. If we were there, but he I could trust what us. He's he could yeah. trust us a hundred percent. Well, we're his brothers. We're or, or his sons, rather. So I mean, he would be able to try. It's. I just realized as well that we're probably both older than the actor who plays sure. Reacher. But he's more like. He has like a dad quality. Totally the same. To my friend, my friend I Jesse would... Farrar, who some people might know from your Kickstarter sucks and Go Off Kings, he is younger than I am, but just feels older than me on every way. Not even the way he looks or anything like that. He's just more responsible. He's a father. He just like he. he I look up to him in that kind of way, even though I'm older than him. Um, yeah. Okay, so. Um, at this point, uh, uh, they go to Paul's home to look after the wife um, because they realize, hey, somebody's going to come after her. It might be somebody from the Nexium cult uh, might be coming after her to get her. Um, and uh, uh, Reacher takes the car. Reacher steals. This is the first sort of sort of well-defined um, crime outside of murder that I've uh, that we've seen Reacher do. He is at their home, and he, without permission, steals their car and a knife from them as well um, and takes, takes their car out. So what did you think about that, stealing a knife from the home um, of these people? You think that that was okay? Um, the knife, fine. The car, a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you what what's actually the most unnerving to me uh i'm worried about the family here now you've seen the whole show i've not seen the whole show i see i don't trust this fbi guy any more than the mayor trusts him and i don't trust the mayor either yeah the mayor's a bad guy but the mayor doesn't trust the fbi guy but it's tough to say who's good and who's bad. And of course, I know everything that happens and I won't give any, uh, I'm not going to give any sort of spoilers here. But this FBI guy you're talking about, this is Finley's friend. It's his friend from mm-hmm. the FBI and Don't he trust trusts him. him. His name is Picard, Captain Picard, I like to call him. Um, and, and he trusts him 100%. So he says, hey, Picard, you're going to be looking after the family now. Um, and so that, that's sort of the setup that they have um, where they decide, hey, we're going to get them to a safe house and we're going to make sure this guy Picard is looking after them. Before that, though, we see Teal appointing himself sheriff. We see him talking to the town and we see Kleiner for the first time. This the the we, we see we hear him talk for the first time. This guy Kleiner who runs Kleiner Industries and who his son is the little shit and who basically runs everything. He gets up and he defends Reacher. He says, "This man's brother was killed. You guys can't be accusing him." And he's a real magnanimous. He, he comes in and he he's really kind of like, "Hey everyone, calm down. Everything's going to be fine." And you just know as a viewer that he's up to no good and he's absolutely fucking full of bullshit right i mean you're seeing this whole thing you're thinking fuck this guy is a hundred percent behind all of this right actually i i trust him over the mayor you know (laughs) the thing that unnerves me about the mayor here is and i i have another observation that like you trust kleiner over the mayor yeah the mayor is don't you understand that the mayor is in the in kleiner's pocket and being controlled by kleiner don't you get that well, I don't, I mean, Kleiner seems nice to me. You know, he's not mistreating Reacher at all. He defended Reacher. Um, he, he's defending all kinds of people here that I like personally. And uh, I think he might be a good guy here. No, one. you, 
Okay, two. I'm not gonna listen. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to fight with you over this. I want to be in agreement over stuff. But if you're trying to tell me this big time billionaire Kleiner who basically controls everything is a good guy, they're all in his pocket. Don't you understand that he controls the whole town? Remember what the barber I don't said. Know that. The barber said sometimes that. Sometimes the politician, sometimes the politicians will be the bad guy, you know. And they, yeah, they don't make as much money as as Jeff Bezos, but you know, the politicians don't get you nothing. Jeff Bezos at least can get me a grate for my grill in twenty four hours. You know, I don't know who the bad guy is here. And also, the other thing I like about this scene, this is when Finley and Reacher start to like really you know, vibe with each other, which yeah. is nice. That yeah. was their friendship starts to pick up a little bit here. And it's nice because you want Reacher to have allies. It's nice when he has allies and people he can actually trust. That's a nice feeling as a viewer. You don't want him to be all on his own because then you feel on your own almost. Um, so Finley actually comes and confronts Teal, uh, the mayor and sheriff, and says, hey, I'm going to start looking into the connections between these murders because it was these murders out on the highway and then there was the police officer getting killed. And Teal says, there's no connection, you dumb son of a gun, you little effer. There's no connection whatsoever. I want you uh, looking into people that the, that the old police chief put away, you know, that could be angry about it. So basically sends him on a wild goose chase, um, you know, to... Snipe hunt. Yes, exactly. Um, and Reacher at that point then decides what you're going to do actually is you're going to pretend like you're doing that and you're going to give us cover so we can continue to uh, uh, do an investigation into the real stuff, a.k.a. Joe's rental car. He must have rented one, but nobody found any uh, car or anything like that. Um, and at this point, Finley kind of says, hey, are you giving orders now? And Reacher just he just says yes. He's just he's yeah. just said, listen, he, he knows better now. He understands better. And so, yes, he is giving the orders. Um, this is when we pick up on Picard as well. Um, so this is when uh, we meet Picard uh, uh, and Picard uh, uh, ends up taking the, the family to a safe house. And that's where we leave it off. So they're they're hopefully safe with him. Brian is concerned. Um, Makes me nervous. He's he's concerned because apparently Picard isn't rich enough for him with enough influence for him to be defending him like somebody else. Like Kleiner? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I wish Kleiner's son, you know, you can't always control your child either. And that's what probably people are saying right now. It's like, oh, but, but what about Kleiner's son? Yes. And stuff like that. Could be in the pocket of the mayor. And how many episodes you know? have you watched again? Five. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't know. I but I, I, had, I watched them a long time ago. I'm going back over them now. I started over. Okay. And now I'm watching one a week. But right now, this mayor seems like the biggest problem to me. And Kleiner so maybe, seems like maybe the fact that the, nice guy. But the mayor is in Kleiner's pocket. That's we what don't I'm know that yet. <laughs> well, some of us do. No. So. <laughs> Okay. I don't think so. Okay, okay, never mind, never mind. Let's. Mayor let's... does look racist too. Remember when you said the mayor looks a little bit racist? Yes. That's another problem I have with the mayor. Kleiner doesn't come off as racist to me. As a matter of fact, Kleiner looks gonna... pretty racist, man. Kleiner looks pretty racist. He kind of looks like Paul Gossar. I mean, he looks pretty racist. I mean, not as racist as Teal, hmm. but he does look racist. So you think? Let me get this straight. You think? That Kleiner is racist and is behind all this, yet 
we're coming up on a point where he hires some South American gentlemen to do some work. So that's that a racist <laughs> wouldn't do that okay. is how I feel. Okay. So yes, that does, that does bring us to uh reacher walking around in town. Um, he has another interaction with the barber uh, and the barber asks him at that point, that's when he says, I'm looking for payback, justice, vengeance, the whole gang. You know, I don't really know what that means. Um, but the barber says that, Hey, do you have, some Hispanic fellas in town that are friends of yours. And he says, no, he says, that makes sense. Cause they actually seem like they were looking for you and they seem not friendly. So this is presumably now these people looking for him, possibly the same people that we see in these white suits. We've seen them. They almost look like they're in like uh, lab outfits um, and scrubs and stuff. And they've been, presumably they're the people who are behind these murders. Um, and so, uh, uh, so basically at this point, you're saying that you think Kleiner hired these people. And so he therefore wouldn't be a racist if he was using some people who are Hispanic. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, here's the thing. I don't think Kleiner necessarily hired these people because Kleiner's son is there. He just go right to his son, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So somebody here is sending people after Reacher. Yep. And my guess is that that person is not racist and that's just where I'm at. Maybe okay. even like liberal or leftist, because again, <laughs> the bank, like conservatives, you know, they, they aren't going to bring people over the border yeah. like immigrant immigrants. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So whoever's doing all this, not racist. That's so we can mark that right off. Okay. You know, just whoosh, Cut that off. So whoever's ra the, the person doing it, not racist. Uh, Kleiner, I would assume, a lot of CEOs and stuff like that. You know, they're they're nice guys and and probably not racist. They employ all sorts of people. So now we have a flashback, and reach. I don't like these. The the flash. Sorry. <laughs> The flashbacks are outrageous. So this one, Reacher and his brother come into this shed and there's a boy with Down syndrome who's being making made fun of. It's not really clear. They're having the other kids are having him dance. He seems to be, you know, like, uh, but he's being made fun of. Presumably it's not super clear, but I think that's what it's meant to be. And Reacher comes in and basically says, hey. I'm, I'm going to try to kick all of your asses. Um, you know, it's basically showing you this guy's always been about that life. Um, and then they say, oh, crap, there's there's somebody's dad is here. And he turns around and in the flashback, he turns around. And then in real life, he turns around. And I don't know if this is supposed to mean something, but he sees that black car with the tinted windows. The same one we mentioned before that Paul saw, the scary-ass one that basically means you're about to be killed. And so he freaks out. And this is when he grabs, he grabs him and says, we got to go right now. And this is the first time they actually meet Picard. Uh, you know, he comes into the house and he pulls out his gun on him. And uh, Picard says, hey, it's me, FBI. And they load them into the car. Uh, and then they take them away. Uh, at this point now, Reacher decides he wants to go and see a gentleman by the name of Spivey. We all remember Spivey, right? The prison guard. A sleazy looking dude. Sleazy. The real scumbag looking guy who 
he Reacher knows that he's involved in this because he put him into general population and tried to get them killed. So he knows he's he has something to do with it. He calls him. He pretends to be Finley, which is an interesting and bad approach because Finley is an African American gentleman and has a much different voice. And so he should just call and pretend to be somebody else, probably mm-hmm. um, like an administrator. Yeah, and it, or <laughs> no, like an administrator. <laughs> it's Roscoe. <laughs> Hi, I'm Roscoe from the police department. That's what. I would have done. That would be funny. But so so basically Reacher shows up. He says, hey, come meet me somewhere. Um, this guy Reacher is trying to press charges or whatever. Um, so he shows up. Spivey says, hey, I figured it wasn't actually Finley because I know Finley's a black guy and it didn't sound like a black guy. And yeah, that's so that's a rough line. And yeah. Too. And so like because that it, that what that does is it gets in my head that like what was what does what does uh this guy think uh, uh Spivey yeah. think a black guy sounds like? Well, is, probably yeah, I mean who knows? He probably I'm got like, some sort of directive from one of his superiors, uh possibly <laughs> racist Teal or uh racist Kleiner um on well, how to Kleiner deal with... isn't racist or Teal. I Teal's not racist for sure. Teal, teal is racist. I'm about to fucking learn that right now. So so Sp- so uh Spivey then says, hey, I knew you were setting me up. And so guess what? I returned the favor and I set your ass up. And so now I got all these guys and they're here to kill you. And these uh, these gentlemen, these Hispanic gentlemen uh, come forward and, and, and they fight with uh, uh, Reacher. Reacher, believe it or not, gets the better of them. Although he does take a couple of hits. He ends up having a knife fight with one of the guys. He takes a slashing um, and, uh, uh, you know, takes a little bit of damage. And he actually mentions to Roscoe and Finley afterwards that that tells him that these guys have military training, South American military training, because if they didn't, he would have killed them in 10 seconds or less. And that is fucking awesome. He knows how long it takes for him to kill somebody. And he knows if it takes longer than that or if he isn't able to kill them, they must have serious training. It it would It is kind of the type of thing that a really insecure person would say. But I think in this case, it's actually just a badass line, right? Yeah, it's a pretty badass line. I like that. He even throws it out there twice, which is yes. all great jokes. You say the same thing two times. Yeah, he he uses a callback. Um, and he yeah. does uh, in this scene as well. They mention that his brother, who for some reason he didn't know what his brother was doing other than working for Homeland Security, um, that he was working in uh, something specifically. And Reacher says maybe counterfeiting. So Reacher throws that out there. Big piece of information right there for the storyline. Reacher figures that this might be have to do with counterfeiting. Also in that scene. The worst crime of all the ones they name. Counterfeiting is the least of the crime. Like drug dealing. You're like, oh, you know, maybe it's fentanyl. That's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Uh, You're talking you're talking serial killer. Oh, shit. That's really scary. Kidnapping. Yeah. uh, Any of that stuff. That stuff. Scary. Counterfeiting doesn't scare me at all. Not even a little bit. No, nope. doesn't seem scary to me. It actually is one of the best crimes that you can do, I think. Um, I think so. And I think it's it's a really, really good crime. And I, I when I was younger, I used to use counterfeit money all the time. I would constantly use it um, and I would get away with it. We would get these counterfeit hundreds and spend them um, at different shops. And I, I think that it's a, absolutely a wonderful crime. And yeah, like you said, it, it sort of is. 
it doesn't really feel like it's a big enough deal for all of this, but hey, we'll see how it all turns out. And some of us already know. Um, okay. At this point now, oh, and I also should mention that Finlay says to him, uh, oh, they're chasing after Frankenstein and uh, Reacher does the fucking insufferable thing where he says, actually, Frankenstein is the scientist. They're chasing after Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Because there's a few lines in this that have led, in this episode personally, that have led me to believe that uh, uh, Reacher is a Redditor. So, mm. and that's one of them. That's an yeah. interesting, that's an interesting theory. I do like that a lot. Um, there's so another one coming up. Whereas, like, okay. Well, make sure to mention it if I don't. Um, Roscoe and Reacher go on a date now at this point. Um, they decide they're going to go out for a little drink across the, the state lines. Um, and they go out and they, they crack a beer. It's not a twist off, but guess what? Reacher can twist it off with his friggin' muscles. Uh, he tries to twist it first. She says it's not a twist off. Sticks it on his muscle and twists it like that. Um, so it's a twist off for some people, uh, I guess, is the point there. That was badass. Um, and then they dance. They have sort of a nice dance moment where you can see that they're starting to fall for each other. Then they actually uh, hit a roadblock. The road's closed. They have to stay at a hotel. Now you're thinking, these two are about to fuck. Is that what you're thinking? I did. I did. And here's the other Redditor thing. Here's okay. the other reason I think maybe even Roscoe's a Redditor. They have one of those food arguments that they like to have on Reddit all the time. Is is a hot dog a sandwich sort of thing? <laughs> you know, yeah. they're arguing between Clark bars and Zagnuts, which yes. leads me to believe this was written in 1970. Yeah, or by an old guy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or by an yeah, older gentleman. Brother, even. Um, so they kind of have a nice time in the hotel. They don't sleep in the same bed. They don't end up fucking. But they, they, they connect. They have conversations. You find out that Roscoe's parents died, that she had this guy named Gray who used to have Finley's job and took her uh, under his wing and helped her with everything and then hung himself in a garage a year ago. So very, very sad. Um, very, very sad. Uh, and then they get back to Roscoe's place in the morning um, and they see that these people have come for her and they have shown up at the house and they've uh, ransacked it. I mean, not really, but they came in with dirty shoes on and they broke the lock. And then on the inside, it says, see you soon. Um, and at this point, Reacher uh, turns to the camera, uh, which is acting as Roscoe in this point. So he's facing her, but he's facing you as well as the viewer. And he says right down the barrel, he says, yeah, I'm going to need a gun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's a badass line. A great way to end the episode. A great episode. A lot of plot points uh, furthered in this episode. Uh, but now it's time for the most important part, and that's our awards. And I forget what the names of them are. I know that one of them is called the Golden Muscle, one of them is called the Golden Gun, and one of them is called something else. Um, and I've forgotten them, and I didn't write them down anywhere. Um, but let's just go through and uh, go with, first off, our best line of the episode best line of the episode chris i'm gonna give you one that uh we didn't that didn't even come up in in the recap of the show Love okay it. and uh here we go you're listening to wguti
that hit you right in the gut. Here's Blind Blake with Police Dog Blues. That's my line of the episode. <laughs> for some reason, they have a radio station called WGUT that plays 1930s blues. W-Gut. Yeah, that's great. That is great. That is a great line. I'm going to go with the classic. Um, I mean, we, we mentioned it uh, before. Um, and we kind of fought about it, but I really loved the line. Uh, when someone takes your life, it's always personal. I really, really liked that <laughs> line um, because I thought it's like it's a cool guy line. And it's also like super smug and like super. It's just like a real classic reacher line. Um, it's always I have personal. another one. I have another one I love, too, by the oh, way. Okay. Is, uh, Roscoe goes, uh, Daisies are my favorite. What about you? Reacher goes, Snapdragons, cool name, hard to kill. And yeah. then Roscoe replies with, sounds like someone I know. <laughs> yes! So That is <laughs> such a good one. And and by the way, she says, and that's not what I was asking either, because she was she was saying, like, what about your family? And then he she did this whole thing about her family, and then she said, this guy who I mentioned, Gray, used to give me daisies. They're my favorite flower. And he said, what she said, what about you? And he said, so he was kind of being a little bit of a ne'er-do-well there. He knew what she was asking. And he does that a lot. He's super fucking annoying. If you hung out with him, he would be so fucking annoying to hang out with. And that's the Reddit truth. guy. Yeah, he's, he's a Reddit, Reddit guy. guy. He could be a Reddit guy. Uh, okay. And now uh, and now time for the I think it's Golden Muscle Award. Um, but best scene. What was your favorite scene? Uh, I really liked the fight at the um, hotel, mm -hmm. at the motel. It's yeah. not a hotel. It's a motel. Yeah. When he grabbed the guy's hand and swung it at the other guy and, and punched that guy. He also, I liked that he broke all of their hands except for one guy. Like he said he was going to do, it's going to be my favorite scene. That's a great episode. scene. And because I said that was probably going to be my favorite scene, um, I'm gonna go with the dog scene after the uh, the Good. scene immediately following, um, because I thought that scene again. It's it's sort of do it doesn't have anything to do with the plot, uh, and I and I will spoil that. It never comes up in the plot, in oh. any serious way. It's just an aside to show what a good guy Reacher is and to show that he loves dogs and to just like make it so that like, here's just a reason for you to like him. Here is a reason for you to think he is a good guy. We know everyone loves dogs. Everyone loves defenseless dogs and feels for them. So let's just put this scene in there of him just fucking throwing down on some bad pet owner. So I love it for that reason. Um, and finally, who is your episode MVP of this episode? Oh, I got to say it, you know, and it's just my MVP of this episode is the DJ at WGUT in, in, in Margrave. That is, yeah, that he's my MVP of the episode because it, it keeps Blind Blake in there. Oh, yeah. It shows that everybody knows about Blind Blake. It yeah. shows that Roscoe is like, hey, Blind Blake's your guy. You yeah. know, she remembers that. It kind of shows her connection with Reacher. So the DJ at WGUT is my MVP of the episode. That's a really good MVP. I do like that. I'm going to say, for me, there was a tough one this week. There was a lot of people who had really, really good uh, episodes and really brought a whole lot to it. And uh, a lot of really cool lines and a lot of cool scenes. I'm going to say my MVP for this episode is Reacher. 
I think he Ooh. was by far the number one badass. He had a lot of great lines. He kicked a lot of ass. Uh, he was, you know, involved in your favorite scene, and and uh, I, I think it's it's got to be Reacher for me. Um, I think he he really really held his own this episode and was uh, was a truly a joy to watch. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we went over an hour again, pissed off about that. Really trying to keep it under an hour, but we just don't have it in us to do that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this, I don't know where you're listening to it. It's tough to say. We don't know where we release it. Um, and you can watch the episodes over on the Patreon uh, starting soon so uh, i mean when you're listening to this one they're available definitely so uh, yeah. either the street fight radio patreon or the not even a show patreon you can watch the video episodes uh make sure to watch reacher make sure you watch episode three uh, get yourself ready for it next week uh brian any uh closing words no i love you chris reacher i love you too brian reacher bye <laughs> That's such Listen up and watch if you're able to a podcast called the Reach Around Table. Sounds like a sex move, but I swear it's not. I wrote it down, never heard it out loud. We got Brian Reacher and his friend Chris Reacher. It's a Reach Around Table. Reacher, 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 Reacher Round Table. Uh.